0: Well, this morning we will be wrapping up the book of Acts. Um, We're going to be in chapters 27 and 28. I'm not going to read all of chapters 27 and 28 to you, so you may be thankful for that, that we're not going to read the whole thing. Um, But if you want to turn there, it's page 994, I think, in your Pew Bible, Um, or you can follow along in whatever app you're using. Yes, 994 is the page number in the Pew Bible in front of you. Um, but what we're at in the book of Acts, this is the last leg of the journey. Um, we've been following along all the way through, and from we saw the outline from the very beginning in chapter 1. Um, that the goal was to go from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth. And so today we are going to the ends of the earth in the book of Acts. Um, which leads us to Rome. And for this time, Rome was essentially the end of the earth um, because from Rome you could reach everywhere at this time because it was kind of the center of everything. And so As we're nearing the end, you may think it's smooth sailing, like whenever you're working on a project or you're working out and you see the end is near and it's been like hard the whole time, but you can see you're almost done and you get like this new burst of energy like, oh, I can make it, right? And a new focus and you make it through to the end. Um, That is not what we're going to see this morning. It does not get easier for Paul as he gets to the end. And so we, we have in these two chapters is this. Um, And so what we're going to see this morning as we look at what is happening is that sometimes God's call is challenging, but it's planned out and it keeps moving forward no matter the circumstances. And so first, we're going to see that God's mission is challenging. Um, We have two chapters, chapters 27 and 28, that are basically sort of like a travel log of where Paul went on his way to Rome. It details every little place they went and what happened along the way. Um, And so we're going to see that as we go through in his journey to Rome. Um, At this time, it's likely that Luke is with him on these boats. If you notice in chapter 27, it starts saying, we did this and we did that and we were on the boat and we, meaning Luke is most likely with him. And just for fun, I found out this week that later um, people actually said, hey, is this actually true? Is this actually what happened? Did Paul really take this journey on this boat and it took this many days? And so somebody literally went and said, okay, if you go from this place to this place, this is how long it would take. This is what happened if you went in this time of the year. This is what kind of wind you would have and you would experience all of these things. And they said, um, it seems really, 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 really likely that this is exactly what Paul did and you could recreate that today if you wanted to on this same journey. Um, The other thing that we you might want to note is um, when they read through it, they said this also sounds like a non-sailor has written this account, someone who's not used to being out on the sea, um, which would sort of confirm that it is Luke. Um, Just as a side note, they're saying Paul at this point in his life had basically spent about 3,000 miles um, on boats at sea. And so if you read through this and you're like, why is he telling the captains what to do on the boat? Um, it's likely he is more experienced at traveling in a boat on the sea than they are at this point because of all the places that he's been. So just know that. But the question I sort of asked when I was reading through this is, right, this is the end of Luke's... especially. Essentially, two-book work, right? The book of Luke and then the book of Acts. And we get to the last two chapters, and he spends a lot of time just detailing where they went from one place to the other. And it made me think, like, aren't there more important things for us to be talking about in the last two chapters of this book? Like, we're showing how the church begins and how the gospel moves and how it goes forward. Like, why are we spending all of our time doing these things? But I think what Luke is doing is he's showing us that the journey to the end, to the ends of the earth... Is difficult, it's challenging, and there are things that you have to go through to be able to do that. We some see some of these as you go through. Uh, I'm just going to reference a few, I'll read them or summarize them as we go. But if you want to follow along, you can. Um, in chapter 27, verse 4, it says, When we had put out to sea from there, we sailed along the northern coast of Cyprus because the winds were against us. So they're trying to sail, winds are against them, it makes it hard. Um, in verse 7, After sailing slowly for many days with difficulty, we arrived off whatever, however you say that city. Um, C and N is not a usual combination we get in English very often, at least not in that order. Um, Since the wind did not allow us to approach it, we sailed along the south side of Crete off Salmone. And so now not only is it against us, it's preventing us from getting where we are trying to go. It did not allow us to approach. Then if you skip down to verse 14 and 15, says but before long a fierce wind called the northeaster rushed down from the island and since the ship was caught and unable to head into the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along. So now not only can they not go where they're going, the wind is blowing so hard they basically just said, look, we're just gonna go wherever the wind blows us, because that's all we can do. We just have to deal with it. So then if you keep going in verses 18 through 20, it gets so bad that they start throwing stuff overboard um, to lighten the ship, to make it easier to not run into things or hit things. And so they're just throwing stuff overboard. Um, Then if you keep going in verses 33 and 34, Paul eventually says, hey, um, uh, we should probably eat something because it's been 14 days since anyone has eaten because we've been fighting this storm. And so they don't eat for two weeks. Um, Then they get shipwrecked. So the ship runs aground, falls apart. Everybody gets to shore. Then once they get to shore, they're wet and they're cold. And so they start a fire. And when the process of starting a fire, um, Paul sticks his hand near the fire and a snake, venomous snake, jumps out and bites his hand. Um, nothing happens to him in that. It's kind of an interesting story. So everybody's expecting him to like swell up and die, but he doesn't. He just kind of shakes it off back into the fire. And so all of these things happen in on-the-chip trip to Rome, all of these challenges, all of these difficulties. And if that's not enough, the whole point of going to Rome is to be in jail. Like, when he gets there, he's still going to be arrested, he's still going to be in prison, he's still going to be in trouble, but he's enduring all of this to go and be in jail somewhere else. And so I think it helps us to see that serving God's mission doesn't promise an easy journey. Right? When you sign up to follow Jesus, when you give your life over to him, he promises to be with you. He promises to guide you. He promises to protect you spiritually. There is no promise that you will always be safe or that nothing bad will ever happen to you. He does not make that promise to us. He promises that he will be with us. And I've heard this phrase kind of growing up around, and people will sometimes say, um, the safest place to be is in the middle of God's will, right? And I don't know, like Paul was not very safe, but he was exactly where God wanted him to be. So I think it might be better to say the best place to be is in the middle of God's will, but it doesn't always seem safe, right? We can look at Paul or the apostles or even Jesus, right? That didn't always work out. For the best from what our perspective in those things. And so if things get hard, if things get challenging, if things even get dangerous, right, it's a call not to give up. Don't stop. Just keep going. Because just because there are challenges doesn't mean that you are off course, right? Paul wasn't off course. He was doing exactly what God had called him to do. We're going to look at that a little more later, exactly what all the things that were pointing to this. But it was still dangerous, when he was following God. And so no matter what happens, whether it's difficult or challenging or dangerous, that doesn't mean you're off course, but I think it is a time to say, man, this is way harder than I thought it was gonna be, way more difficult, way more challenging. To say, okay, let me double check, let me seek, let me make sure, let me pray, let me confirm that I am following what God wants me to do. And if you are, you just keep going, even if it's hard, even if it's difficult. You keep being Faithful, right? It's our call to be faithful, not to always be safe and happy in those situations. But it's also a reminder that these challenges can be overcome because God is with us. No matter what comes, He is with us. If we're shipwrecked, if we're in a storm, if there's venomous snakes, if we're struggling, He is with us. This is actually one of the things that I pray for my kids every night. They can probably repeat it Um, better than I can at this point. But at the end of all of my prayers for them, I ask that they would remember that God is with them no matter what comes their way, right? I want them to know that whatever happens the next day or the next week or the next month or the next year, even if it's hard, even if it's difficult, they will know that God is with them. I think it's important for us to remember that no matter what comes, no matter what happens, no matter the situation, no matter the situation for your health or for your job, or with your kids or if you encounter a tragedy or the situation with our church right God is there for all of it and none of those things are bigger than him none of them right but we have a tendency when things get hard or difficult or challenging that we put all of our time and energy and focus into those things and they seem bigger than they actually are right but that's a reminder to pull our eyes off of those things and put them back on Christ to trust in him because he is bigger than any of those things. So we must remind ourselves of that. But we also see in this couple of chapters that God's mission is planned. We've seen this from the beginning of Acts. Jesus' commission was from, that the gospel would go from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth. And that's exactly what we've seen in the book of Acts. We've seen the progression as it goes through. He promised that the good news of the gospel would go to the nations, as he demonstrated at Pentecost, when they could hear the gospel in their own language. And so it continues to do that, and exactly what we see playing out. We see the gospel going to these different nations and then going to Rome so it can go everywhere. But even though there were struggles and hardships along the way, we have Stephen being killed right off the bat. We have imprisonments, not just from Stephen, but from Peter and Paul and Phil. Like everybody, essentially, who is preaching the gospel openly seems to get arrested in this. There are beatings. There are shipwrecks. We learn later this is Paul's third shipwreck. So he's like, oh, and just another shipwreck. I've done this before kind of thing. Right? But the mission continued no matter what, even through all of those things. And specifically today, we see that nothing could stop Paul. Not a shipwreck. Not bad captains who wouldn't stop when they should have, even though he told them to. Um, Even when they wanted to jump ship and kill all of the prisoners and just protect themselves. right? Paul says, let's not do that. Or venomous snakes. None of those things could stop Paul from going to Rome. We see the providence and the sovereignty of God through this journey. God saves Paul and he keeps him alive and he's going to get him to Rome. Right, but why endure all of this? Why keep going? Why going through all of these challenges? Like we said, he's just going to be in prison once he gets there. But it's because this was planned. This was part of God's plan for Paul. We see this in verses 22 to 24 of chapter 27. This is Paul. He's on the ship, and this is when things are getting bad. This is the word that God gives him that he passes along. Um, and he says, for last night, an angel of the God I belong to and serve stood by me and said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Paul. It is necessary for you to appear before Caesar. And indeed, God has graciously given you all those who are sailing with you, right? It is necessary. Your translation may have, you must go before Caesar. You must appear before Caesar. You must do that. The ultimate reason for Paul's deliverance, for his endurance through the situation, was that he could give his testimony in Rome. It was already planned out, and we've seen this all along in the book of Acts. We see in chapter 19, verse 21, after these events, Paul resolved by the Spirit to pass through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem After I've been there, he said, it is necessary for me to go to Rome as well. Then chapter 23, the following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Have courage, for as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so it is necessary for you to testify in Rome. Right? We see this over and over again with Paul. He is going to Rome. God tells him he's going to Rome. He must go there. It is necessary. This is planned out, part of God's plan for Paul and he promises in even on this ship in the middle of the storm that he will keep everyone alive and he does we see this in verse 34 it says so i urge you to take some food this is for your survival since none of you will lose a hair from your head so god promises not only that all everybody on the ship will stay alive but they won't lose a hair from their head now i trust in god and i believe that he did this but imagine a ship full of 100 to 200 people in a shipwreck in the ocean, not losing any hair off of their heads. If you've ever cleaned a shower, you know how remarkable that is, right? Because it just is everywhere, and we lose hair all the time. We just don't know that. So God protected them in that moment. It's just a reminder that we can trust in God's promises, that He is there. He will come Through. He will keep us alive if he promises to do that. Because God protects us as people to complete our missions. Just like Paul, he survived all of this a snake bite, a shipwreck, riots, beatings. He kept going. And the same is true for us. And I have this kind of weird way of looking at the world when it comes to this kind of thing is um, I believe that God has a mission and a purpose for everyone. Um, and until that purpose is fulfilled, I think I'm invincible, right? Because I have a mission and I have a purpose and God is going to protect me to allow me to be able to do that. And so until then, nothing can happen to me. At least I won't die. I should say it that way is probably better, right? Now, that doesn't mean I should do stupid things and kind of risk it and push the envelope for sure, but that's kind of how I look at it. The problem is, We don't know when our mission will be completed, right? So it's our call just to be faithful until then. But I think God is with you and he is preparing you and he is using you to accomplish your mission for him. And he will protect you, he will guide you, he will be with you, whatever that is, until your mission is complete, he will be walking with you. And so he's preparing us, walking with us for the good times, for the times when things are great and excellent, and we feel close to him, and we're following him, and we're seeing fruit in our lives and in the lives of others. But he's also preparing us for the difficult times, when it's not so great, or when it's hard, or when it's challenging, or you have tough decisions that you have to make. But it's still a part of God's mission, because God's mission cannot be stopped. We see this in these two chapters. We see it all throughout the book of Acts. Nothing stops God's mission. Not tragedy, not persecution, not a broken world. The mission continues no matter what. God has planned it. He is moving towards that end. And so it's our call to serve Him and to love Him right, to serve him as believers, because that's how we can be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. We can have a bigger impact than just us as we join together with other believers, as we seek to follow him. We can create a bigger impact. We see this in what Paul does on the boat, right? Paul is a prisoner on the boat. There's no reason anybody should have listened to anything he had to say while he was on this ship. But we see Paul along the way, hey, everybody's going to be okay, Just stick together. Hey, we should eat some food because it's been a long time and we need to survive. Hey, don't kill all the prisoners. Let us go with you. I promise we'll be protected. So we see Paul, even though he's a prisoner on this ship in the midst of a storm and turmoil, he becomes a leader. And he is leading the people on this ship as a prisoner. So I think it means the same thing is true for us. We can be lights and we can be leaders For those around us, no matter the circumstances, no matter what comes, no matter where we're at, if you're the only believer at school or at your job or wherever you are and you're like, I'm alone, I don't know what to do, this is really hard. You can still be a light for the gospel. You can still be a leader. You can still impact other people. No matter the circumstances, we can be agents of hope everywhere we go as we deal with things and respond to things in the way that we look at the world, even in its brokenness, and we're reminded week after week after week after week that it's just more broken than we think it is. Right, Especially weeks like this that we've just had. It's just the world is broken. And people need hope, and we can be those agents of hope no matter what comes. And so we serve Him, but we also love Him. We believe in what Christ has done for us, And we give our lives for Him. We honor Him with how we live, not just because we owe Him or we feel obligated for what He's done for us, but because we love Him. We love Him enough to follow His commandments, to obey what He is calling us to do, to do what He is asking us. So yes, His mission is challenging, and yes, there is a plan for all of us, but this mission is also ongoing. God is working all the time. And this last point I really think is important for us kind of as we're in a season of uncertainty and there's a lot of changes and things coming and decisions to be made for us as a church. I think this is what we need to be reminded of this morning. Right, God is working all the time. In chapter 28, if you look at verses 12 through 14, Paul gets, they finally get to where they're going. They get close to Rome. They start moving forward. And we get when he, when he starts walking towards there. They're still uh, uh, thirty to miles away. He says, "There we found brothers and sisters, and were invited to stay a week with them, and so we came to Rome." And so what he's saying is, on their journey, when they got close to Rome, there were brothers and sisters in Christ already there. Paul had not been there yet. They didn't know of anybody who had been there yet. They had no idea that when they showed up, there was going to be a church in Rome. But there was. There were already believers there. Right? The gospel is spreading outside of their knowledge, outside of their control, outside of their influence, because it spreads according to God's plan, not our plan. Right, God is working in other people in other churches, and they are spreading the gospel. So let's pray for other believers. Let's pray for other churches. Let's support them. Let's join them because it's not about us. It's about the gospel. And God's message will go forward. It will continue to go because God is working towards His goal. We see in verse 23 of chapter 28, It says after arranging a a day with him, this is Paul, many came to him at his lodging. And from dawn to dusk, he expounded and testified about the kingdom of God. He tried to persuade them about Jesus from both the law of Moses and the prophets. And it says Paul is teaching them about the kingdom of God, both how you enter the kingdom through the death and resurrection of Jesus, how you come to be a part of that and enter it and trust in him but it's also pointing to the kingdom of God where Jesus will reign over all things. In the future when he returns and makes everything the way it's supposed to be and he reigns, he is pointing towards that day. And so he's talking even then about what is to come. God's goal for us isn't just for this life. It isn't just short term, but it's for all eternity. Everything he does, everything God does is moving us closer to this, to this reality of him reigning over a people who know, love, and serve him. Even when we don't understand how he's doing that, even when we can't see it from where we are, this is still what he's doing. He's still moving things towards his kingdom. Because I would argue his goal is the same as it was at the beginning in the Garden of Eden. To have a perfect people who walk with him, who know him and love him and serve him. And to the end, it's the same thing. When he is reigning over everything in the new heavens and the new earth, it'll be a perfect people walking with him, who know him, who love him, and who serve him. And he is working towards that end in us. And we are a part of that. We are part of what he is doing. And I want us to especially remember that the mission continues no matter what. As we've been kind of saying along the way, when Paul arrives in Rome, he is still arrested and he's held in custody. He does get some leniency, but for what we know, he's still in chains every day just to remind him that he is not free but even in chains, that doesn't stop him from spreading the gospel. We believe he continued to write letters to churches to encourage them and to challenge them and to spread the gospel. He continues to proclaim the gospel until his mission is completed. He gets access, because of where he is and where he's in prison, to the higher-ups in the city of Rome, which spreads the gospel in a whole new way among those people. But Paul is just part of the mission. He completed his part of the mission, but he didn't complete the whole mission. We don't get to the end of Acts and say, oh, Paul made it to Rome. That's the end. That's the end of God's mission in the world. We made it to the end, done. Nothing else happens after that. That's not what we see. It continues to go. And we see throughout the book of Acts so many times that the mission could have ended, right? It starts with Jesus is dead, right? The leader that we thought was going to be the Messiah is dead. Isn't the mission over? No. He comes back to life. He is resurrected. And he gathers his people together. Maybe it's when Paul reaches Rome. He's done. That's the end of the mission, right? No, it keeps going. Maybe when Paul dies, it's over because he's the one pushing it forward. But the mission doesn't end there. When all the disciples die, it doesn't end there either. The mission continues. And we are all a part of that mission. We all have our purpose. We all are part of his plan. Now, we're not all going to have a part as big as Paul. Right? I say this all the time. For most of us in here, if not all of us, nobody's going to ever know who we are. We're not going to be famous. We're not going to be in the newspaper. Nobody's going to know that doesn't mean that we stop. We continue to serve faithfully. We continue to follow Him. We continue to live out our part of the mission, no matter what comes, because the mission continues. It started long before us, right? Thousands and thousands of years ago it started, and it will continue long after us, Right? It will continue to go forward. So after we are long gone, it will still continue. So I want us to remember that. The mission doesn't end with us. It continues. The mission is not tied to our church. It's not tied to grace and peace. It's not tied to the church in Austin. It's not tied to anything. The mission is tied to God and the gospel. And that's what we are faithful to do. That's what we are called to do is to serve the mission, to play our part and to be faithful. No matter what comes, no matter how challenging it is or difficult it is or what we have to do or what we have to decide, God is with us. The gospel will continue to move forward. God knows what he's doing. He has a plan and we just have to seek him and follow it. Well, you guys, pray with me this morning. God, we come before you, and we thank you for your word, even for just a, a travel log. Essentially, is what we looked at this morning of two chapters of kind of saying they went from place to place to place, and then they got where they were going. God, but even in that, you show us that you are with us, you are beside us. You have a mission and a purpose and a plan for us. You have a mission and a purpose and a plan for our church, and so God, we pray. Amen you would help us to seek you. You'd help us to follow you, to trust in you. Whatever comes, that we would trust in you because you know the plan. You know what we're called to do. You know the next steps for us. You know how the mission continues. God, just help us to trust in you, to know that you will protect us, you will walk with us. But as we're serving you and following you and completing our mission, we can be invincible because you are with us. So, God, help us to trust in you above all things. It's in your name I pray. Amen.